So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. And on this week's podcast, I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman by the name of Ray B. Harry, who in his career is part volunteer firefighter, part adjunct instructor at NYU and part digital marketer. I was struck by two things in particular about Ray's career journey. First, that he applied to college for no other reason than seeing everyone else in his high school class doing so. I'm pointing that out, not to pick on Ray, but because he's not the first to respond that way, not in the least. And I simply wanted us to collectively take note of how frequently that happens, how unguided so many of us find ourselves at that seemingly most critical juncture in our lives. Secondly, I was also struck by Ray's more recessive talent as a people person, a mentor, a team builder, a guide to so many others. That seems without question to be his core expression. And it was intriguing for me to hear how he's positioned that aspect in his work life. So, without further ado, allow me to present to you Ray Bihari. Well, firstly, thank you for uh, for agreeing to do this to share your journey. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Uh, um, thanks for reaching out. Here's where we're going to begin. Do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission, or even what it is that you're meant to be doing here on this planet? Absolutely, I think about it all the time, um, except for when I'm sleeping. Um, yeah, my, my mission, if I have to crystallize it, I think I've been living it for quite some time, but I never really put it down to, <clears throat> excuse me, to words or paper before because I use a computer. Um, <laughs> no, it, it really is and it has been about um, serving others. Um, and if you want to expand on that a little bit, you know, I say it's, I want to engage people in a way that creates meaningful and lasting impact. Um, so, like I mentioned before, my, my, I always see my goal or my job, if I have to, you know, sort of put a statement around, it, is is understanding um, what people or even companies' aspirational version of themselves are, and then help them get there. Right? Yep. It's it's helping them find their purpose, discover their potential, because a lot of people find out that what they're really good at and what they love doing sometimes aren't one and the same. Right. Um, and that's what I think I, I have a knack for doing. Ray, when did you first realize that that was your sort of purpose or mission in life? I think when I had my first opportunity to, to be part of a team and looked at as a leader, even though I didn't have direct reports, but I realized there were some people around me that were a little bit more junior, and I had the opportunity to mentor them or teach them, if you will, um, I think I always took on that mantle of of teaching um, and mentoring from a, from a very early time in my career. I mean, I I started my first you know corporate job you know non newspaper, non McDonald's, non raking leaves. Right. Um, that was my first job, by the way. I was five years old. I used to go over door to door with a rake and my two friends and uh, say, I have, awesome. 
I have a proposition for you, and people would get a kick out of that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, and they're like, "What's your proposition, kid?" And I'm like, oh, "You give me five bucks, I rake your lawn." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, we were five years old. <laughs> that's amazing. We ice cream of anybody in our block. I'll tell you that. Right. It really was about um, you know when I actually got a chance to to have direct reports, uh, as we call it nowadays, or just people were you know I was responsible for them. My first goal or, or thinking or thought was, hey, I just read this great book, um, something about five or six or seven different habits of successful people. I don't know. I remember three of them. Uh, right. I want to share this with you. Um, I think it would help you quite a bit. Um, and then just in casual conversations with people, just understanding, again, what makes them tick? Um, you know, why do you do what you do? Why do you love doing it? Why do you come here? You know, and, and that's where I first started to understand that. I was literally only 21 years old. For the benefit of the listeners, can you tell us what it is you do today? I professionally, uh, I, I, um, I'll go in this order. Um, I'm a volunteer firefighter, um, yep. so that's uh, an unpaid job. I teach at NYU part-time, um, digital marketing content, mobile marketing, and, and that pays like eight seventy-five an hour. Right. And, and, then I, and then for the, the capstone of $9 an hour, I head up marketing at a startup called Polefish. Yeah. And we, we do uh, surveys via mobile devices in-app. So the, the thinking is, hey, we know that more people are accessing the Internet via mobile devices more than any other time, and, and they're going to continue going that way. In fact, some people only access via mobile. And we know that 90% of them spend their time in app. So what better place to reach somebody than right there? Those three things you do in equal measure? No. So, so polefish is my full-time responsibility. And, and what I mean is, is if I'm breathing, I'm, I'm doing something for polefish. Yep. Um, when I can, uh, you know, sort of neuralize myself from that and go actually engage with students, I'll go teach part-time at NYU. And then when I'm at home, not taking care of the, the dogs, the kid, the wife, the house, the, you know, the, the engine problem with the car, <laughs> I will uh, go answer the fire call that comes across, believe it or not, on my mobile device. Yep. Let me ask you this question from another angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? It's a great question, and I don't have a good answer because I don't. I never thought that far ahead when I was younger. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think back when I was, you know, 21 and had a, you know, a managerial title that I would be aspiring to doing something like what I'm doing. What I knew was that I always wanted to be happy in what I'm doing because I, I had this instinct that told me, if you're happy at what you're doing, you're going to do a better job than most. Um, and I, I heard a stat the other day, speaking of surveys, that something like 50 or 60% of Americans out there would actually quit their job or take less money in order to be more creative at work. And right. that to me is, is creativity is sort of the symptom. I think happiness is the problem. Yes. So when did you have that realization about happiness? I was extremely fortunate in that the first job I got, I was actually in college. My roommate got for me. He was working full-time somewhere, and he said, hey, what are you doing with your nights and weekends other than drinking your face off? Right. Um, I said, well, he's like, would you like to pay for that drinking time? Um, I said, sure. So I worked part-time in sales selling computers over the phone. Um, this was before uh, Al Gore invented the Internet. Yep. And, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, we, our claim to fame, then, we actually were the first company to sell PCs o over the Internet before even Dollar Gateway. That was We grew the business by leaps and bounds. And um, it was a bunch of kids from college. We were right down the, you know, the road from Rutgers. There was a lot of college kids who were doing sales and marketing. And we had the time of our lives. We had a, it was mostly all of our friends that we you know, drank with and partied with on weekends that were actually pretty talented and pretty smart and pretty good at what they did when they found their purpose and, and found something that they loved doing and got rewarded for it. 
that's the simplest formula. So I think I, I probably knew then. I don't know if I would have been succinct enough to say it that way, but I knew then. You know, remember saying so many times, wow, I'm loving life right now. And, yeah. and what better way to be? It didn't really care how much you got paid, but you really cared more about the work you did and, and that there were results and something to show for it. And again, that you, you created or did something. Is there a point in your life or the earliest point in your life when you can remember thinking, this is, I'd like to grow up and be this? I'm still thinking about that, actually. Um, I, what I want to do when I grow up, my son and I have that conversation all the time. Yeah. Um, People actually ask me that about my son. You know, what, what do you want him to be? A doctor, a lawyer, a, you know, a fireman, a you know, garbage collector? What do you want him to be? And I say, I want him to be somebody who solves problems um, in whatever shape or form that is. Because that's what the way I think the world works today. And, um, you know, I, I thought about, you know, multiple careers. And I, I think about, you know, I think it all boils down to this. It, to me, and I tell people this all the time, it doesn't matter what you get paid. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't even matter what company you work for. It really matters about your values, right? Yeah. Um, so, for example, I value learning, obviously. I teach at NYU, and, and one of the fastest ways to learn is to teach. Yep. But if, if I'm part of an organization that doesn't value that as well, that, that affords me the time to do that or encourage me to do that, again, the concept of becoming that aspirational version of yourself, then it's not going to be a fit for me, Um and so I knew that I, I kind of, you know, after working in like chicken shacks and flipping burgers and stuff like that, I kind of knew I wanted to be in an office. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And then as time went on, I kind of realized, oh, I wanted to be doing something productive. And then as time went on, oh, I kind of wanted to have an impact on other people. And as time went on, oh, I kind of wanted to have an impact on the company. And as time went on, oh, I want to be doing new and creative things that people haven't thought about yet. Um, so whatever shape or form that may be, whether it be in a sales role, marketing role, or even you know, an engineering type role, I think that's a very powerful thing for people of all walks of life, whatever they're doing is I'm able to create something new that impacts somebody else that I don't know or could never have reached before. Stepping back again, when did you first realize, you mentioned learning as a, as a pretty core value for you. When did you realize that that was particularly important? I was always um, inspired by the challenge of something new uh, and taking on something and, and learning about it and then being able to teach others. I don't think that came to a sort of a core value or something that I really would invest time in, um, you know, consciously until I was probably in my mid-20s. Um, it was then when I, when I pursued going for an MBA, you know, I talked to my CEO at the time, said, hey, where should I go? He said, listen... Unless you want to run a Fortune 500 company, it doesn't matter. But it was more about just the learning for me. I didn't care where institution I went to. I always enjoyed, you know, the the lunch and learns that we would have at work, or somebody else coming in from another industry and and giving a talk or whatever it may be. That hey, how do I take data or information or something somebody else has done and apply it here? And that to me is just the essence of innovation. Is how do I take two things that exist now and create something new out of it? Um, you know, I always say some of my best ideas are somebody else's, just well executed. Ray, can I ask you what did you, what did your parents um, what did they do? They raised an incredibly stubborn young man. Right, successfully. Um, successfully, they were yeah, they were the <laughs> masters of that. Um, so my parents came from South America, Guyana to be exact, um, Jim Jones territory. If people don't know, look it up and Google it. And you'll it's an yeah. interesting story. Um, my mom believed in education firmly. She actually only. They had a high school equivalent education. And I remember her, she worked at J.P. Morgan, uh, worked as, I believe, an executive admin. But I remember her, until I was, even as early as five years old, saying, I'm taking this, I'm taking this class, I'm learning this skill, I'm learning computers, I'm learning typing, I'm learning this, I'm learning that, because she, she, I want to stay ahead. Yep. Um, and that's where I think I got that from. Yep. 
And what about your dad? Dad, um, he he was actually, I think, less educated. Um, I think, I think, actually, I think they both finished high school. Um, but he was the one who actually came over and made the trip first, whether it was by, you know, by airplane or by um, container ship. I'm not sure. Um, but he went and moved to Canada, kind of well, left his wife and his daughter, who was five years old at the time, to try to start a new life. So he had more courage, I think, than anything else. Yep. Um, and, the, and the courage was driven by him wanting to provide a better life for his family. Um, but he didn't have a strong educational background. In fact, I remember her, you know, when I graduated and got my MBA, he's like, ugh, you should have been an engineer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not knowing enough about what I did that I work closely with engineers and have to understand those concepts in order to be able to speak with them and, and work effectively with them, um, you got to understand that piece, and he didn't get that. What impact would you say that your parents had on your sort of thought process about careers growing up? They didn't really, you know, put a, a line in the sand about you need to do this, you need to do that. Uh, I think they were always pleased with my grades because I, I had a, a sort of a knack for taking tests, not really good at studying for them. Um, so they were always very encouraging in terms of that, and, and that sort of set me on the right path. You know, my mom did something that I'm probably going to repeat for my kids, which is she would compensate me for good grades. So she would give me 20 bucks for an A and 15 bucks for a B, and then if you got a C, you got nothing. Uh -huh. So that was a really powerful motivator, especially when you wanted that brand new pair of Air Jordans at right. age 16. Um, you know, and one you know one report card, you got them right. before anybody else. So that was very powerful. So she understood that core concept of of motivation and personal motivation. It, it isn't about the money; it's about what it gets for you. My question to you is, on a scale of, of uh, 0 to 10, where 0 is a total non-issue and 10 is a big, dark, gloomy shadow, how large a shadow would you say that financial considerations have had over your path to date? You know, I'm the worst interviewer ever because I'm going to tell you that it depends. It depended on the phase of my life that I was in. Right. Um, when I was in college making, you know, I think I was making like 40K a year working part-time, um, I loved it because I was like the man at the bars, right? I can buy the entire bar a shot if I wanted to. Right. I probably did a couple times. Don't remember. Um, <laughs> but it, it, as you get older, I think you're, 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 what becomes important to you changes. Yep. And I've made lots of money before, and, and 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 was in places where I wasn't entirely happy, or that happiness factor may have changed from day to day. And that's not a great place to be in to not know or not have your wife and kid or, or whoever you're close to know. Who's coming home that night? Um, are they going to have to like you know uh, stay on the other couch because you're just a grump? Right. Um, and that to me is the more important gauge. So it really depends on 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 what phase of my life I'm in right yeah. now. It's not that important. I mean, I'm also in a better place because I don't have big bills looming over my head or wondering where the next paycheck's coming from. So I think it's you know I think everybody probably feels a little bit the same way. Like I want to be able to take care of what I need to take care of. Yeah, I have some aspirational things. I probably put on Pinterest of things I want to get in my life, like you know the ninety foot yacht and stuff like that, or the track day with you know the the, the supercar. But um, it, it all comes in bits and pieces. And when you when you when you especially when you have kids, you sort of realize, yeah, you know what? Every dollar I spend now is eight dollars out of his pocket in eighteen years when he's going to college. Right. I'm going to hold off on buying that new car. So things become less important. Jumping back one more time for a second. Where did you go to college, and what did you go to college for, and how did you get there? 
Not sure how I got there um, or how I even got back home from most of the time there. Um, I went to Rutgers University. Um, I honestly went um, because I saw every other person in my small class of like 160 was applying to college. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should do this too. Right. Um, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, I think people, the way our educational system is set up, um, it's missing a core piece of human psychology, which is understanding the hormonal factor and what goes on there at, at 17 or 18 years old. Right. And, you know, you, you, in my opinion, you know, I, I applied myself a lot more when I went to grad school than I did in college. And I, I did okay in college. Like, I got A's in the, in the core class and stuff like that. And the ones I didn't care about, you know, I went and took it to community college just to get the credit and move on. Um, yep. To me, it was just another project to get out of the way. It was, it was a means to an end. Um, I went to Rutgers University, so sorry, guys, I went to Rutgers. This is not a slam on the university, but I wasn't really encouraged until I was uh, much older um, to to focus on education and you know focus on grades. I guess is is probably the better term. Yep. Um, you know, I I went and got my MBA, like I mentioned. I w- I did it online because a you know I was going and taking classes at NYU and and found myself either. Nodding off at the wheel or nodding off in class, but if it was a weekend class, because you know evening and weekends just weren't, they were just a big clash for right. my social schedule. <laughs> right. um, and so that it just didn't work for me. And then plus I was in a job where I had to travel quite a bit um, or work late nights, and it just you know that was a stress. So doing it online back in like, gosh, I think it was like 2004 now, um, it, it it made total sense for me. So yeah, it, it was very valuable. But I continued the educational path throughout. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be at corporations that said, yeah, you want to go do this thing at Kellogg for a week? Go do it. Yep. Oh, two weeks here at, uh, you know, at Harvard, we, we were going to sponsor you. Um, you know, you want to take classes to enrich yourself at NYU? Go for it. And, and, you know, it's less about the degree and more about what you learn. Thinking back, Ray, on your career to date uh, and life in general and thinking about your friends, family, and colleagues, is there a consistent thread and the advice that they have sought from you throughout the years? Yeah. Um, how cold should my beer really be in my kegerator? <laughs> you know <laughs> the perfect have, answer. Yes. I have a double <laughs> tap kegerator with two different beers, and I know exactly what the flow rates are. And, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a great question. I haven't really spent time thinking about or analyzing it. Um, I, I, that probably tells me that I'm not an expert in any one area. Uh-huh. Um, so... Different people, I think you have different relationships and different interactions with them. Yeah. So they, you know, I remember in college, a friend of mine wanted to go to acting school. He's like, oh, I'm not a good actor. I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course you are. Do you act the way in front of me that you do in front of your mom? No, of course not. Do you act that same way at work? No, of course not. Well, you're acting all the time. Right. It's just a matter of the cast and crew that you're with. And so, you know... As a result of that, the, your interactions with people are very different as a you know, result of the nature of your relationship, the, the environment that you're in. And, you know, and so people will come to me for different reasons. Like, you know, obviously people um, from my classes come and say, hey, I'm looking for career changes or what course should I take next? Right. Um, people at my work may say, hey, um, do you really think I need this to, to move forward or how do I go approach this situation versus, you know, friends may come to you for other reasons like, hey, I'm dating this girl or I'm dating this guy or I'm dating these two girls, uh-huh. which I have no experience in that. So why <laughs> they me, I have no idea. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, a function of who, you know, the person that you're with and, and, you know, 
what they think you can, what value you can you can add. That's that's the little black book secret. I think people don't know. It's not who you know. Um, it's what you can do for them, and them being aware of that value that you provide. So, from the examples you've given, they're very relational and they're very you know help me figure out who I am type of examples. Very much so. I would say, yeah, if, if you want to look at a core thread or theme, yeah, I would say, yes, that, that, that is there. Um, you know, nobody's coming to me asking me for, you know, lottery ticket advice. Right. Uh, nothing mathematical, I wouldn't say. Yep. Because um, I can offer up a bunch of data, but it's, I don't, and honestly, I don't think people care, right? There's a famous quote of, it's not what you said, it's how you make people feel. And that's the emotional side of things, right? We, Every decision we make in life is for one of three things, in my opinion. It's either for a functional benefit, an economic benefit, or an emotional benefit. And the emotion sort of trumps the other two. Looking back on your career, what would you say has been the biggest aggravation? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest frustration for me has been um, things that are in my control that I thought I should have did a better job at. Um, you know, we all know the, the serenity prayer and, you know, if, it, if you can't affect it, then why bother or why worry about it? And we're human. Of course, we're going to be exposed to some of that. But I think, you know, whether it be, I don't know, an interview or a meeting or interaction with somebody and you think you could have did a better job. But I think what you learn from that is, is, hey, how could I have approached this differently? Am I prepared now for the next go around? And that's the beautiful thing about making mistakes. It's okay to make them. Just learn from them and don't make them again. Relatedly, are there any career decisions that you would undo or somehow want to redo? I can honestly say no, um, but going back, would I have changed things? Yeah, I, I might have listened to different people or, or I think I, I could have did a better job of engaging those around me who were perhaps more influential on my career and may have accelerated it a little bit more. Yep. Um, you know, my nature, just the way I'm wired, is to get really close to people and understand, again, how they tick and how they think um, and really understand who they are as a person versus having a broad network of thin relationships. Yep. And so I, I tended to spend more time with the people who I really, really cared about than going out and fostering new relationships at maybe the executive level or stuff like that. So that, that would be my advice to my younger self is make sure that you, you – you seek advice from all the right places and, and forge relationships with just about as many people as you can because you never know who in your life is going to be able to help you out or give you that critical piece of advice because by and large, most people like to teach and like to share and like to have a good impact on people for the most part. And I think, you know, had I had, I had the chance to go back, I definitely would have taken a more naive approach and a, an approach executive and say, hey, what would you tell yourself in my shoes? What would you tell yourself 10 years ago and learn from their advice? And on the flip side, what would you uh, consider to be your biggest career highlight? You know, if you'd asked me that five years ago, wait, can I say it depends? No. <laughs> if, if you asked me that five years ago, I probably would have gave you a stat or a number. Um, and I can give you those stats and numbers, but anybody can go look at my resume or my LinkedIn profile. That, that's not important to me. I think it's more about the impact or effect I had on, on individual people. And I'll give you a story that may or may not bring a tear to your eye, but um, uh, I can't name any names for obvious reasons. But this guy um, who worked for me, and he knows who he is, um, had a real issue in his life. He had some emotional distress yeah. and actually got to the point where he wanted to sort of end things in a, in a not so positive way, um, and he called me 
And, you know, I, I remember calling him just about every single day as the first task that I had every morning to just check in and say, how's it going today? How can I help you? What problems do you have? Or do you need just somebody to talk to? Yep. And kind of brought him back in line to what he was doing and why he was doing it and, and stopped focusing so much on why things are bad or went wrong or woe is me and more so remember why you're doing what you're doing. It's for your family and it's for the people that you help in, in, this, in this business and, and, and that you, will, you may never see you may never get to thank you. Right. And that kind of brought him back to, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I did find some more purpose in my life. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, that, that I measure sort of the impact I have um, by the people – uh, the impact I have on people um, yeah. rather than the people I can reach and, and numbers I can put up. But, you know, if you're interviewing me, I can rattle off a couple of stats. So, Ray, that's another, seems to be another, uh, obviously, really deep example of sort of the kind of this relational aspect of you. Where would you say that comes from? I had a very close relationship with um, a lot of my relatives, and I had a number of them. I think I had like 35 cousins. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom and dad have like six or seven or 20 brothers and sisters, you know, <laughs> each. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and I have one child. I'm such a disappointment to them. Right. Um, it's, um, sorry, mom and dad, I broke the chain. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it, it was remembering staying up late at night, just listening and learning and understanding um, what stories they had to tell, what stories they had to share, and being able to share that myself. I think... That in combination with, again, looking at people who I admired, whether they're very close to me because I saw something nice or kind they did for somebody and said, hey, I want to be like that too yep. um, and don't care what the results are, whether I, I feel like I may be taken advantage of or not or, you know, yeah, I'm going to buy that girl another shot because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, no. Um, it, it was more seeing that and realizing there's, a, you know, there's sort of two different paths. You can be in it for yourself, which is good. Or you can be in it for yourself and others, which is great. And that's the path I, I wanted to take. Can you describe the feeling that you get when you are in that position of, you know, of relating to people in that way? How would you characterize that? That's part A of the question. Part B is how would you compare that feeling to you know, whatever feeling you're getting as you're working in your, at your current job? Yeah, I'm sort of overjoyed by seeing other people win yep. and seeing them be successful. That brings a lot of elation. Um, it's great to see also people too high fiving you for the job that you did. Yep. Um, and so the, there's again, it's more so less on. It's more so about what the team can do as a whole. You know, people ask me, you know, what's the secret of your success? How did you pick these companies, or how did you, you know, launch these products, or how did you, you know, build such great teams? And I said, that's it. That's the key. It's a team. No, nobody can do it all by themselves. Right. You know, I don't know of too many sole proprietorships that are, you know, kicking butt. Um, yeah, there are really nice people at the you know, local deli or something, but even they have a team. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to do things on your own, I think. And, and for the sole reason of you don't have the perspective that other people do. You don't have the knowledge that they do. And I sort of look at that and, and then embrace conflict. Yep. Um, because if somebody's so passionate about their point of view as you are, you got to sit back and say, well, maybe they're onto something. Yeah, last question for you. Uh, how, what, where do you see your career unfolding over the next three, five years? My ultimate goal is I want to build a great company. I want to build the company where people say, yeah, I want to go work there. 
or I'm envious of the people that are there because look at how happy and fun that you know. Look at what they're doing. Right. Um, they get to do great work and love their job and you know whatever. And that's what I want to build. Is there a reason that you wouldn't be taking a more kind of people consulting type role in your profession? It's interesting that you mentioned that uh, because I had this discussion with a buddy of mine today. He's like, look, you've placed like how many people in jobs in the past three or four months? Is it given knack for connecting people with the right roles? Right. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a recruiter. Like, I think, I think, no offense to recruiters, I think they're great. Um, You know, in fact, I kind of want to use them exclusively because I, I don't think that computers hire people, people hire people. An organizational consultant or, you know, yeah, that's it's a fascinating place to be. Um, it, it's to really understand again the the core of why your organization exists. Yep. Um, why people come to work? Do they, you know it? It goes back to I'm sure you're familiar with Daniel Pink and yep. Drive. Um, he calls it you know uh, autonomy, purpose, autonomy, and mastery. Um, I call it um, engage, enrich, empower, and I add in a fourth called encourage. Yep. Right. And that's what I think the best companies do is they engage people in a purpose that's bigger than themselves. They enrich them by providing them again, going back to the, you know, do you have what you need and, and you know, can you do your best work here? Um, once they have those two in line, they say, okay, um, let me empower you to do the things you need to do. Or, or And that's the difference between hand-holding and handing off. Yep. Um, it's situational leadership, right? But the, the last thing I think I do really well is encourage and I don't think that as a, as a consultant you get that opportunity to do that. You can look at things as a whole and say, yeah, here's, here's what the you know, quantitative data, data says, here's what the qualitative says, here's where your gaps are, here's what you need to work on. But I don't think you get that encouragement piece. You're now in a digital marketing role. Yep. Um, which to me is very different than being in a uh, more people-oriented role, which seems to be such a seems to be so inherent and a passion of yours. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, is that something that would ever be in your consideration set to, to navigate your way in, in that direction? It is, but it isn't for this reason, is that I still love the marketing discipline. Uh-huh. Um, so that encouragement piece, you know, you get that capability or that ability to do that. Anywhere. With a team. Yep. Right. It, it, and and so my you know answer your question. It's in three to five years. I better be in a marketing leadership role, um, or I think I'm going to be disappointed with myself. Right. Where I can and you know build a great team that works really well together, and then help them grow and, and maybe even take on bigger and better roles than I have myself. That you know. So yep. yeah, I don't think I can do that that role that you described solely, only yep. because I would I would miss the, the the science and the art of marketing. Ray Bahari. Thank you so much. Really, really interesting conversation. Cool, man. I appreciate uh, you putting up with my indecisiveness for about 45 minutes. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating, and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.